welcome to Build a Business SA. Today we have one of my friends, um, Yankee, that's in studio with us today. He is a prestigious uh, restaurant owner of the Wild Side. And um, yeah, you guys are really going to enjoy his personality as well. Yanks is always fun to be around. And uh, yeah, I can't wait for you to get some tips and tricks of uh, what to expect when opening a restaurant business. Great. How's it, Yanks? How's it, Shaw? <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for, for having me. Here. Thanks for being here. Absolute pleasure. I'm excited yeah. for myself and Sean to talk to you today about what we're doing. A uh, little bit uh, camera sharp, but we'll get comfortable <laughs> as we go. You will, definitely. Um, so, uh, Yanks, how did you get into this industry? I mean, so Yanks, so just a bit of background. Uh, as some of you know, um, I'm in property. So Yanks and I used to work together and um, you lost your first restaurant, if I'm not mistaken, in COVID. Fourth restaurant. Fourth restaurant. Wasn't, okay. Wasn't okay. It wasn't so. quite a loss. It was more a, a, um, a stepped out of it. It was a choice I made okay. after fighting with my partner for some time because we didn't always see eye to eye and eventually I was like all right enough's enough and I stepped away from it and got out of restaurants and thought like I'm never, never opening up another restaurant and oh my god welcome to the wild side <laughs> <laughs> which uh, yeah which suits you I, I love the name thank you um how, what was the inspiration behind the name then so in short we you know I was approached by my um the landlord of that property because the restaurant that was there previous before us closed down before COVID. Um, it, it had some financial difficulties. They actually closed down the month before COVID started. Probably a blessing because they wouldn't have survived COVID. Uh, they didn't survive pre-COVID. And the landlord phoned me a year later and said, I believe you're the guy you've got to come open a restaurant here. And I was like, Definitely not. And I put the phone down. But um, <laughs> Not but, getting back into that again. Not no, dealing with those people. <laughs> no. And after after some conversation and the ability to keep my corporate job that I was working with with you in property mm. and still open the restaurant on the sideline, myself and Sean Half um, opened the doors. And we basically opened it in the middle of COVID uh, as a place for my friends to jaw and go out. There's very few places in Joburg for the over 30 35, God bless my friends, they're over 40. Um, but for the older crowd to go out and have a jaw. Um, yes. And it's just, it's difficult today. Either everywhere you go, either there's lots of kids, which we all were, we all went out, 16-year-olds, 19-year-olds, 21-year-olds, or there's this pretentious um, philosophy around what car you drive and what brand you drink. Um, and the wild side is not that place. It's the sort of place that you can come to be comfortable and relaxed and do what you want, wear what you want, uh, you know what I mean, and just enjoy yourself and, and have a jaw. I absolutely love that. You know, Thanks. when I was living in Dubai um, for some time, it was one of the things that I absolutely loved about going out there is that you never, ever felt your age. Mm. And you'd see people in the clubs and they'd be like, gosh, 70, just aged. There was no no, no number to age. Yeah. And um, it sounds like that's kind of something that you're trying to aim towards as well, that you can just come and enjoy enjoy your life, enjoy your time and have a bit of a wild side as you absolutely <laughs> let, let, come through to your restaurant. Yeah, it's yeah. A, yeah, exactly that. You have a, a job and responsibility and kids and a wife and an affair and, and, and you know, all these things that people manage every day, bonds and money and interest rates and all the madness, and you want to step out of your life and just let go and you go to the wild side. Incredible. So can you then tell us a bit about what you learned opening those uh, four restaurants previously? Because I'm sure you must have learned some really good life lessons and seen what kind of works and what doesn't work. I mean, I think your restaurant has been open now two years. Two years. Mm. Okay. And I'm, it's successful. Mm. So, you know, I think going through those previous restaurants definitely did teach you what it is to Absolutely. have a successful restaurant. 
Absolutely. I want to say that each restaurant has its own level of success. Every restaurant that I've been involved in, and I've been involved in a lot of restaurants, I've, I've owned, this is the fifth myself, with partners, always with, uh, with partners, but I've been involved in a lot of restaurants. I worked for brands previously and opened up restaurants across the country. Um, I think with a restaurant game specifically, the idea is the fact that it's the most inconsistent business in the world. Like you can, you can have a Saturday where you expect to be really busy and you can be like quiet because whatever, I don't know what the reason is. And you can have a Tuesday, which you expect to be sort of quietish, which is really busy. So it's an inconsistent business and you have to be on your toes all the time, um, which, is, which is interesting. You have to be able to manage problems all the time, which is the beauty of owning your own business. And what people who are employed don't necessarily realize is that you can't just turn off your laptop at five o'clock and go home. You're yes. always thinking about what is the next problem and how do I manage my, my processes, what I'm doing to make sure that that problem doesn't become a reality. Um, I had an interesting uh, function last Wednesday night for 270 people for ENS Africa. Incredible. And this, the chief operating officer, we were standing outside, there was a problem with the parking because there just wasn't enough parking and people didn't Uber and, and we were standing outside trying to manage cars parking on the street on this like outside the restaurant, which is, there is no parking outside the restaurant. You're just, they're just parking on the street. And she was going, it's funny. Uh, I love how restaurateurs don't stress. You just deal with it. You get a problem and you deal with it. And it's true. You learn to manage that stress in the moment. It was interesting to see it from someone else's perspective, to, yes. you know, that they can, that they were verbalizing it because you don't stress. Like there's the problem. How do we fix it? As yeah. opposed to there's the problem. Oh shit, everything's falling apart, which is a beautiful life lesson when something that I've tried to um, take on in my life and that the problem that you're in at the moment is not doesn't define who you are. It is a problem. It is an experience. All experiences are something that flow through you, and whether it's good or bad, it will pass. Everything passes. There's there's nothing Absolutely. lasts forever, good or bad. So then would you say then it sounds like, you know, you really take into account um, the importance of mental health. And Correct. so how then do you d disconnect when you go on holiday? I mean, I don't know. Have you been on holiday for the past two years? Uh, is it something that... So, yeah. Can I, you disconnect? I do take time off. I'm blessed to have a, a, a really um, active and involved business partner, Sean Hoff, who is my head chef and my business partner. So he runs the food aspect and our, and our food at the Wild Side is really amazing. It um, really, really is. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, so so I, I have a business partner who's actively involved in the business and I also have a great team. Um, and I think your team is most important because you're only like, you know, they said the team is the strongest as weak as Link and the, the idea is you're part of that team. Yes, um, absolutely. Even as the owner of the business, I don't own the restaurant. I am the shareholder who, who, decides what to do with the profits, but I'm employed. Yes. I'm a manager. I get paid a salary. I have a responsibility. I can't just wake up one morning and decide not to go to work. I work for a business. And that business is the financial um, hub of where all the money that our clients spend goes. Mm -hmm. And then I'm the decision maker myself and Sean and uh, decide as to what to do with that money. But I always say to my staff, you don't work for me. You work for them. Yeah. They pay you. I just maneuver the money so to make sure you get paid a salary. Mm. Um, I forgot what the question was. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, if you're able to disconnect. So oh, when right. you go, so going when on you, holiday. Yes, going on holiday. Thank I mean, you. So and I, I do know you love to go to Burn and Yeah, and so Africa Burn <laughs> is, a big, is a big escape for me. And I always yes. take two weeks, even though it's 10, I mean, I was there for 10 days this year. 
and it's a complete well, disconnect. Sorry, well, Sean then, then you know. Run the restaurant. Yes, run the yeah. restaurant. Okay, so you guys will alter. You'll never go on leave together. So it's funny, we were having a conversation on Friday night, but one okay. of our clients was saying, come, we all have to go to burn together. And, yes. and we were like, there's no, we can't both go. Someone yeah. has to run the business. And we actually, our okay. team is actually amazing. Like I've, I've got two really strong managers, George and Carol, um, and, and they could run the business without us. Um, but it's still one of those things where I'm still I'm a control freak and mm. and uh, I don't like to micromanage, but I like to know what's happening and I like to maneuver my team in a way to make sure that the end result is what I achieve because definitely employees don't always understand that your 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 end result you know employees sometimes see there's the boss or he's got a fancy car and he's you know he mm. comes and goes to work when he wants to and he does what he wants and it is true but your biggest responsibility at the boss and I always say to my staff about my biggest responsibility is to pay salaries. That's yes. my only job. What yeah. I do to make sure that there's enough money to pay salaries at the end of the month is my decision as, a, as an entrepreneur and go, this is what I decide to do and I'm going to make mistakes. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. Um, but the, your, your team don't always think like that. It's easy for them to turn off because it's not their end responsibility. They still get paid a salary at the end yes. of the month. And as dedicated and involved and strong as they are in the business, it's not, uh, it's not like owning it. So turning off, <laughs> I um, I go to Africa Burn uh, every year. It's amazing. It's a 10-day um, turn off. I don't have a mm. cell phone. I have no connection to the outside world. And it's just a place to be it's amazing. Yeah. completely. You need it. Yeah, you do yeah. need it. And I would say you should do it at least once every four months. But um, <laughs> it's not it's not quite <laughs> that. But you possible, need to take a break. Yeah. You need yes, to take a break. Absolutely. The joy about my business and I laugh a lot with my clients is that if you you can imagine working for a corporate going to work every day handing out tequilas, I mean your boss <laughs> would kill you. At least in my business I get to I have fun. Yes, you do. So from a restaurant perspective, the reason when you go to a restaurant and you see, you know, there's the manager or there's the owner drinking coffee, smoking a cigarette, walking around talking shit to people, is the fact that all the work is done in the back. Mm. So all the sitting down, processing, placing orders, managing cleaning schedules, managing suppliers and, and finances and HR and all of that stuff's done in the background so that when customers are at a restaurant enjoying themselves, management should be there having fun. Absolutely. Making sure that the wheels of the cog turn, but yes. enjoying themselves. So what would you say your typical day is like in terms of your hours? Because well, what time is your restaurant open? You serve breakfast, right? So yes. you're up early. So I'm up early. Okay. Um, I'm sure my team's up early also, but we actually okay. only arrive 10 o'clock in the morning. So our operating okay. hours, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we just do lunch and dinner. Mm -hmm. Friday and Saturday, we do breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So we're there from 8 o'clock in the morning. And Sunday, we just do breakfast and lunch. So we don't do dinner on a Sunday. Okay. We don't open on a Monday at all. Um, my hours or my team's hours? Because they're quite different. Yeah, that's very true. Um, yeah, well, I guess I guess your hours is being, being one of the owners of the business. So uh, I mean, I... First of all, don't I, I'm I'm not great in silence. I like noise. I like clutter. Mm. So you'll see you often find me at a coffee shop amongst a whole lot of people making noise. Yes, that's your spot. Concentrating. <laughs> hmm? That is definitely your spot. That's definitely my spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so so definitely I like to I like to get up early in the morning. Um my personal sort of morning routine is get up early in the morning, meditate. Um, shower. I used to run, but it is so cold. I'll get back into that <laughs> at freezing, some point. Yeah. <laughs> it's freezing. Winter's not fun. Even getting up in the morning and load shedding and oh, yeah. South African problems. Um, but getting up in the morning, getting my mind into into the schedule of what I need to do for the day. Mm -hmm. So often at night, also when I go to bed, I'll spend the time processing what it is that I've done during the day and what it is that I need to do the next day. Uh, uh, I have a a very appreciative of my mind the way it, it operates because lying in bed or in a shower or going on a run 
uh, or meditation, which can be quite distracting, my mind comes up with all these things that I should have done or shouldn't done, should have phoned this yes. person. So I sort of trigger, uh, spark memories of things that I need to do and achieve in the next day. And the next morning I'll get up and make a list and process it. So go through a list every morning and go, these are things that I need to achieve today. And then go, go to a coffee shop, get coffee. I, I say that I go there to work, but I spend most of my time <laughs> talking shit to people because it's, I'm it's very important. social. Yes. You know, it is. It's, it's my own marketing style, mm. talking to people and, it's a, it's and a, getting your energy from people. Absolutely. I'm a huge extrovert. Yes. Very, very much so. I think that's why you're in the perfect industry. Perfect <laughs> industry. And as much as I go like, even the property game for me was great because I'm a problem solver and I mm. love that. I'm a huge people person and I love the energy of engaging with people and, and creating, absolutely. you know, creating beautiful experiences for people, memories. Yes. Mm. So... Um, in terms of illegal legal requirements, what are the legal requirements um, that you would need to to do in order to start a restaurant business? Um, so yeah. from a legal perspective, if you're going to start a restaurant, you need to be zoned in a place that allows food service. Okay. Food service and alcohol service are different. So food service, you need, a, 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 you need to be zoned for restaurant rights. Um, it's not quite retail, but I think it falls quite well into retail, and, and I should maybe know that, but I don't. <laughs> but you need to be zoned for a place that can have food and, and um, uh, be a restaurant. Okay. You need to get a food offering license. It's called a certificate mm. of acceptability so that you get from the health department. So they okay. will come in and assess your kitchen, your gas requirements, mm -hmm. your fire health safety, and all of that stuff. Um, and then you need a liquor license if you want to sell alcohol. Um, not okay. everybody sells alcohol. Um, is this something you did initially, get the liquor license? Or so the liquor license came... came with the space. Oh, amazing. So, okay. so the space was previously liquidated. The liquor license went to the liquidator and we bought it um, oh, from nice. the liquidator. So normally you would go through a process. Liquor license today can take anywhere from six months to three years. The liquor department oh, is under wow. a lot of pressure at the moment. Um, I think all South African departments are under a lot of pressure. Yes. Um, but getting a liquor license to be able to serve alcohol, um, and then you get different types of liquor licenses. You'll get a pub license, and you'll get a restaurant license. You'll get a bar license. Okay. So there's all of those licenses which you need to get. I'm trying to think what else. I mean, we do. Um, in terms of uh, so then you're saying people come for health and safety wise. Do they come often, or is it just like a once check? No, once check. Once, <laughs> once okay. a year, I think. Um, and I don't know if your certificate of acceptability has a timeline. I don't think it does. I think you get it once. And then basically your liquor license and your certificate of acceptability and your fire safety, um, um, oh, yes. like fire extinguishers and stuff, you have to service them every six months. Your yes. extraction fan, so if you cook and you cook and gas, you need an extraction fan. Mm -hmm. Your extraction fan has to be uh, serviced every six months. You have to have all those certificates available. So if the health department arrives or when they arrive, you just show them all the certificates. And okay. it's also very good for insurance. So as much as it might be a pain from the health department's point of view, if your extraction fan is not cleaned every six months and you have a fire, your insurance won't pay. So those are important um, things, things to know that, that you need, need to do. Okay. And then obviously opening your own business, the regular the regular things you need to do when having your own business. So like company documents and shareholders yes. agreements. Um, yes. Um, okay. So we're a PTY. Because uh, I don't think CCs are available anymore. So did you always have Sean as your business partner? Or is no. this Okay, so he's a new business partner. Yeah, he, we side. met okay. randomly. Actually, the landlord who approached me actually approached Sean and somebody else previously. And we, the three of us, kind of got together to make this thing work. Wow. So you'd actually never met him no, before? 
Amazing how life yeah. kind of just works out. Say so it always you, does. Yeah, it's the it's the beautiful philosophy of not being irresponsible about what things should happen. So you don't just sit back and wait for shit to happen because, mm. and you don't just sit back and go, okay, life's going to be beautiful. You, you know, I always say life doesn't give you anything. Life creates opportunities, and you take the steps to achieve what you want to achieve. So it's not about the fact that. Um, you know, there was that movie, The Secret. Mm. Sorry, I'm very philosophical, a little bit of a tree hugger. But the, the movie, <laughs> The Secret, about how you can manifest whatever you want to. Yes. And for me, um, and I don't know if, if it's fair for me to translate what I uh, thought the movie was about mm. necessarily, where I have the experience to understand that so much. But for me, the understanding of the movie was that it was that if you if you meditated and if you manifested, if you created stuff in your mind, you created in your reality. And the universe doesn't give you anything. You can sit at home and dream about a million rand mm. all you want. No one's giving it to you. Yes. But you've got to go out and work for it. Well, you've got to take the steps that the universe gives you. Absolutely. So the universe, you, you vibrate at a specific frequency mm. and that frequency has everything in your dreams and desires. It all exists. And it's very philosophical and it's very deep. <laughs> but it's, it's the idea of the fact that you can have whatever you want to. And it's about your outset towards life and about taking the opportunities. Um, so with that said, did you always know that you wanted to be a restaurant owner? No. So um, I start, when, when I was 12 years old, I, mm. I, I realized that money was valuable. Mm -hmm. I, I understood the value of – I didn't understand the value of money. I understood the value of things. I wanted things, and I couldn't have them. Uh, we couldn't afford them. Um, and I decided to go out and work at yeah. the age of 12. I was still in school. didn't drop out of school. I did. Uh, I got my trick, and, and I'm, I'm – Actually uh, qualified as a computer programmer post school because my mom wanted me to get a, a real job, <laughs> um, but the idea was the fact that that money had value and if I wanted money I needed to work for it. Mm. Um, and I would I worked at the age of twelve in a fruit and veg shop. Uh, grew up in Yeovil uh, in Yeovil in Rocky Street in Raleigh Street, um, and then I worked at a Milky Lane and I worked at a bar and I started bartending and I just got into and and the universe just created these things that. Okay. That that allowed me the ability to get better and better at what I did. I became quite passionate about um, food service, alcohol, hospitality, people. Mm. I realized that people have a very interesting you have a very interesting way of connecting with people. And I think all human psychology is that people want to be accepted. They want to be seen. Um, and I found from a very young age how to connect to people on that level to be able to see them and make them feel special. Um, and and it's the beauty about being a restaurateur is that you make people feel valued and special in your space yes, it's a short-term thing so it's not it's not you you create relationships with people over a long mm. term but it's a short-term instant sort of gratification space of connecting with people in a restaurant okay um actually one of the questions that i wanted to ask you was you wrote your own service manual mm. <laughs> I remember you were you were telling me. Um, so is that have you then changed that service manual since you've been at the wild side, no. or is it just something that's you know you find it you, you somebody could take your service manual and put it in their restaurant, or do you feel it's it's no anyone can use it. And it's funny because through yeah. the years I've used the same training manual over and over again. I actually trained my staff on it uh, last year, and my the thought process. Last week we employed three new waiters that I need to do the, the training again because I do it on a yearly basis, but you, but people forget. Yes. Um, and people don't live the same philosophy that I do, so it's nice to to impart that knowledge on people. Um, do, does that mean that you've got like your like a mission statement in there, or is it just um, just training? Or, or or tell us tell us more or less what's what's so in the I'll, manual. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll, I'll get from a philo philosophical point of view again because I realized today through all my work of self-development that I've done on myself in the last five years 
Um, I've always loved this mental understanding of it. Um, I wrote that manual in 1999. Wow, okay. And I was in News Cafe, I was part of the News Cafe group in Cape Town in Tiger Valley with a girl by the name of Lorreen Fanzel, who was one of my managers. And the the training manual was called Knives, Forks and Nymphomaniacs <laughs> because I'm still me <laughs> 25 <laughs> years later. I mean, interesting when your staff read that. <laughs> Hi, you're already employed. <laughs> so the, the, the idea around the training manual is that, so, so I've, I've always had this philosophy, not always, I'm, uh, that's not true. I, I have always had the philosophy, but I've only realized in the last five years through my self-development that I've worked through is that you cannot control your external, you can only control your internal. Mm. And when I realized, when, when, the, when, the, when the click moment became aware of it, that this manual had the same philosophy. So, so the idea of this manual is it's a, it's a four-hour training course where I sit and go through the process of hospitality with people, with okay. my waiters. The idea is that service is technical. So service is what you do. It's opening a bottle of wine. It's um, servicing, giving menus to people. It's taking a food order. It's changing an ashtray. It's carrying a tray, serving drinks. It's all technical. It's what mm. you do. Hospitality is how you do what you do. So hospitality is the personal aspect of the technical. So the technical is is giving a, a menu to somebody and offering them a meal. Hospitality is smiling eye contact, confident body language, speaking full sentences. There's a whole list of hospitality um, triggers that you can do to make your technical better. Incredible. People don't tip because of what you do. So sorry, the idea of hospitality okay. is for waiters is for them to make as much money as possible. Yes, and we're a tipping absolutely. environment and... So people don't tip for what you do because you go to a restaurant, it's expected. You're expected yes. to get a menu and be offered a drink yes. and someone to change an ashtray. People actually also don't tip you for how you do what they do, uh, how you do what you do, because how you do what you do is relative to you. Mm -hmm. People tip you for how they feel about what you do. Yes, it's it's something, you know, being a, an airstess um, previously, 100%. you know, there's something that always remained th that stayed with me. And, and that was um, people never remember what you what you do, but how you make them feel. Correct. hundred percent. And the, and the yeah. point. So, so the story that I told back then, because um, it's in my training manual, it goes, mm. OK, can you imagine being in love? Everyone knows what it feels like to be in love. You feel euphoric. Everything's amazing. Everything that seemingly might be bad is good because it's beautiful. Load shedding's mm. romantic. The rain <laughs> is romantic. Everything's just wonderful. When you feel in love, everything's euphoric and, and amazing. And mm. It doesn't matter what the world or life throws at you. You feel good and you feel like you have the power to overcome it. Mm. Now imagine having a really bad day. and You're a waiter and you wake up late and you know you need to work at 10 o'clock and you now wake up at 9 and it takes you over an hour to get to work and you, there's no hot water. So you're having a cold shower and you can't dry your hair and you can't get your, 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 your outfit on properly and you can't find two matching socks and you stub your toe on the bed when, you, when, you, when you're trying to get out of your house and then you get out of your house and you drop your bag and you, you eventually get to, to the road and you get into a taxi and you realize you've left your, your waiter's friend at home or your apron. You're having a really bad day. Now imagine a person in love and a person having a really bad day sitting in the same taxi going to work together. Will they have a different mm. experience of the traffic? Will they have a different experience of the drive, of the taxi? Take yeah, those absolutely. two people, put them in a restaurant together. Will they have a different experience of the restaurant? Will they have a different experience of the food? Will they have a different experience of the service? Will they tip differently? So would you say then that you've got to change your energy to the people that you are serving? So if, if you 100%. feel that somebody's having a bad day, you would be, what, a happier person and you would so the kind of go of, more out of your way? or so, so, so what I do and what I try and train my waiters to do is a hospita is, uh, in hospitality is psychological. It's about connecting with people on a, on, in a way that is personal and specific to them. 
not they're not just another wallet that you're serving because that's how most mm. waiters see it. How much mm. person is you know most waiters look at a table and go, how much money is this person going to tip me, and then decide how much attention they're going to give them. And if you didn't know how much the tip was going to be, and at the end of your shift, all your tips were just in a drawer somewhere, and all you did was focusing on making the person happy, you'd make much more money. Absolutely. So yeah. it's it's the philosophy of life. If you do something for money as opposed to doing something for what mm -hmm. that you love, you'll make a lot less money if you do it for the money. It's like yes. I, I have a I did a um, it's called a mind movie. It was a, a Joe Dispenza retreat I did in 2018 where he mm -hmm. he makes you create a, a gratitude journal in video. And one of the things that uh, one of the things I put in there which says doing something doing something for money, working hard for money is called stress and working hard for something you love is called passion something like that okay and the idea of the fact is that you want to wake up every day doing something that you love and money becomes a secondary um uh, uh, um a cherry on top um for that as opposed to running around chasing a dollar bill because it it doesn't money doesn't make people happy so we have sean joining us as well um thank how's you. it sean let's include you in this conversation <laughs> Hi, <thank you. laughs> um so sean is a is also a business owner with yankee at the wild side and um he's also head chef which is so interesting um so you know with that said i think the first question i have to ask yeah. you is um, what is your signature dish um, at the wild side and where did you draw that inspiration from? Because personally, I mean, I could eat vegetables all day at your restaurant. Yeah, I've never tasted such delicious vegetables. It's always yeah. a difficult thing. I mean, I mean, food in general, but yeah. Yeah, you really have to sort of put everything out there that everyone enjoys. You know, you can't just yes. put something on the menu that you like. Um, I think going to the wild side, just in terms of how the whole business started, there was always a pizza oven. We thought, let's keep it light and easy, we'll do some burgers, we'll do some pizzas. And we've done a couple of few things, there's a chicken leek pie and a fish and chips. Um, yeah, as, as far as a signature dish, um, I think our saucy birds sells the most. It's just a, like a parmesan crumb chicken breast oh, yeah, served yeah. with sweet potato mash, you know, it's mm. uh, with mm. wild rocket and parmesan. It's a pretty simple dish, clean cut, healthy, and people seem to love it. Okay. Yeah. What's your favorite dish? Um, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I mean, I mean, going to chef school, they sort of teach mm. you the whole sort of French side of things. Okay. So, you know, I've always loved doing like a duck or something sort of French orientated. Mm -hmm. Although I love sort of Mediterranean food as well. Mm. Uh, a big part of my family is Greek. So I love all that whole Greek sort of influence in food. Um, but I think the, like one of the first things I wanted to put on was the fish and chips. Which is okay. like a beer battered hake with yes. a, um, it's a, um, a pickled onion and minted peas. It's sort of a very English orientated dish. Because um, we always tend to go to, Ca to Cape Town on holiday and, and you always get good fish and chips there. Mm. And, you, and I find in Joburg, you don't find anything. So some know? good hearty, yeah. hearty meals as well, which yeah. is delicious. Absolutely. Um, so, and, and just a bit about your background. I mean, have you, always been, have you always been into owning a restaurant? Is it something that you've always aspired to do? Or did you just kind of land up in it? Um, <laughs> yeah, I kind of just landed up in it. Um, I was initially based <laughs> as we in... Do, hey? Yeah, as we do. <laughs> I was based in Durban and I was just kind of passing through Joburg because my sister and them had opened a restaurant back in 1998. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I was a little bit sort of, I wasn't sure what I was going to do, study or go overseas. And they were like, well, why don't you stay, wait for a bit? And then I ended up making quite a good money. And then they also wanted to open up a second business. Okay. And then I showed good like, responsibility and hard work. And my brother-in-law was like, well, I'm going to open another store. We'll give you a percentage and then yeah and here i am 
25 years later. Okay. <laughs> Never met, left. Yeah, I love the story of how both of you, you met. I mean, yeah. yeah, that's so rare that you you land up getting along with people um, that you've never met before and, and have yeah. a business together. I suppose it also works because your friendship then would have had to have, you know, developed as well as uh, your your business partnership as well. Absolutely. It's not like you, you knew each other for years and years and then... No. Yeah. I think the okay. beauty also is the fact that we, we have similar values in terms of business. Mm. And I think the, the, the failure, so they always say don't get into business with friends. And it's yes. a true statement because you how you value life as a friendship and how you value life with money is very different. And values is what binds people. So so I always say to Sean, what I love about him is the fact that sometimes we'll have a fight, not him and I, there'll be this argument about something, about doing something, and with other people. So we've got other people that we use to confide in, friends of ours, yeah. family, you know, there's always people around who give their opinion about mm. who are involved in the business. And Sean and I always seem to see eye to eye, which is amazing. And I yes. love that about him because we, we don't always decide on the exact same things about doing things, but we have the same value about the fact that this is a business and must make a profit. As fun as it is, and we have the most, we have more fun than our customers a lot of the time. <laughs> but yeah. it's the fact that it's got I to make a profit. I think the core values are there and it's the same. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, having said that, that you have fun with your customers, do you guys have any fun or interesting stories um, that you can tell us? <laughs> Is this a PG writer? Or, you know, one of the events you've perhaps enjoyed the most or perhaps a wild story you can uh, tell us? <laughs> sure. I'm trying to think From now. a food perspective that you've had know. lots of fun with. with. Um, so I would say Halloween, actually. Oh, yes. Halloween was okay. always good. Um so yeah. So the three the three partners at the Wild Side are all born six days apart. We're all oh. Scorpio. Sure. Yeah. So Halloween is a big celebration for us. Okay. We, we were going to call it the Scorpion's Tail, but we thought no one would come, so we called it the Wild Side. <laughs> yes, we tied all our birthdays on Halloween, and we ended up throwing quite a massive party. Yeah. I think we've had two of them now. Yeah. Okay. They've been and pretty people wild. People dress up, and people we have dress DJs. Up. Cool. I think the first Parties, year we put out. I think the first year we put out a harvest table because mm -hmm. we were expecting a lot of people, and then initially there wasn't a lot of people, and then I had to delay sort of the timing of the food, and then about three hours later it just kicked off, and we had this it epic party. Heaved. It just heaved. Mm. Yeah, and it hasn't stopped since then. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so we, any strange requests? Any different requests, requests or in food wise um, or? Sure, I don't know so much about it the wild side. Maybe in the catering no. years. Yeah. We've had to do some interesting things, but I, I, sort of, I can't think of anything right okay. now. So, so I'll think about standard, it. Which so is our, good. Yeah. <laughs> our business is kind of a little bit. So, so we literally opened, we spent very little money to develop the original wild side that we opened because we mm -hmm. want our space to have a jaw. That's why it's quite simple. Mm. Great burgers, great pizzas, nice, simple food. And then we also do a 500 gram tomahawk steak. We do a, a Sierra Norwegian salmon. So we have some. Beautiful, the ribs, the lamb, uh, the ribs, the lamb chops. I mean, lamb we don't chops, do ribs. Yeah. The lamb chops are amazing. So we've got some beautiful dishes, but it was more about coming in and having a jaw and being and not being pretentious. Like yes. I said, over thirty market, nice vibe. In that, we started doing DJs once a month, once every three months. We'd bring in a party and have a little dance floor. No cover charge. We don't want to be a nightclub. Okay. We wanted people to go from having a beautiful lunch, beautiful evening, beautiful dinner and staying. Because a lot of the problems, so I'll tell you our, th our, our three key selling points specifically for the wild side. But okay. the idea for us is the fact that, first of all, we're an outdoor garden venue where most 
places in Joburg, you sit outside, you're either on a street or you're in a shopping center. Yes. Um, so either you're looking at cars or, or you're, you're trapped in a building. You know what I mean? And you're mm. sitting outside in a courtyard. Well, that's you're in a garden of a home and we're lucky enough to have uh, business rights in Craigle Park where we can be in a house, in a garden with a fountain, beautiful space and not feel unsafe because being on the streets in Joburg, unfortunately, can be unsafe. Mm. The yes. second thing we do really well, and, and it's a blessing of our combination from, from me always being in restaurants where we do large functions and Sean coming from a catering background for 10 years where he was the, the exec chef for a catering company for 10 years, his food from a functions perspective is really good. Like I said, we did that 270 last Wednesday night and mm. most restaurants cannot do big tables well. So most restaurants you book for your birthday and there's 30 people, something goes wrong. Mm. Don't know how to take mm. order, don't know how to get the kitchen to serve 30 plates of food in that time. We're a 280 seater yeah. and we can accommodate over 400 people when there's, wow. you know, standing. And, and the kitchen's really, really, Sean's ability to to um, get out food and and um, take care of people on a food level on that basis. So we do large tables really well. Okay. And the third thing, which is different to the wild side to most of my other uh, restaurants that I've been involved in, is that it's gone from, it's a restaurant, mm -hmm. and then from a restaurant it flows into a little bit of a party. And the problem today is that you, if you go out and you're, you're over 30 and you go out and there's 12 of you for dinner, you always lose the crowd when you try and go find the party afterwards. Yes. So you go to a restaurant for dinner and then, okay, let's go to a nightclub. Half the girls yeah. don't know the babysitter is at home or the kids are waiting for us or we I'm tired. Here you can come we've had people come for lunch at two o'clock and at two in the morning, okay, we close at one. Yeah. At one in the morning, they're still there because they it just flows into that party mm. That's the, the beauty, I think, the wild side as a whole. Because everyone says like never move a party. Because mm. the minute you do, yes. it breaks down. Yeah. Correct. And then half of them are there, half of them are there, and then the night's over. Yeah. And as a whole, I think we've managed to have a restaurant, a venue mm. where we can hold lots of people and do the sort of corporate entertaining and, and we've been done we uh, weddings. Yeah. And then oh, also, it's a, and then it's become into a little pop, like a party thing as well on a Saturday. So we encompass all three, which I think okay. is great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's and incredible. It's great. So, so also the idea, like you're saying about opening up restaurants is, and, and, and I start off by saying that this business is the most inconsistent in the world where some days you're so busy and you're not expecting it like Tuesday and some days you're not as busy mm. like a Saturday. You have to learn to manage in any business. You have to learn to manage what is happening. You can't be stuck on an idea and go, mm. okay, this is who we are and screw everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you have to roll with the punches. Sometimes you have to change. You have to pivot, as everyone loves to say in the middle of COVID. <laughs> you have to pivot to become what it is that will make your business successful. And there's only, yes. there's, I mean, being a business, um, I always say to my staff, again, I, I use this a lot with a lot of different ideals that I press into my management for them to understand what it is that we're trying to do. Mm. There's only two ways to make money in business. Mm. doesn't matter what business you have. Decrease your expenses, increase your turnover. Those are the two basic rules of business. Absolutely, if you have the lowest yeah. possible expenses and the highest possible turnover, you make the most possible profit. And most people fail to not fail. Most people don't always achieve that because they're stuck on this idea. This is who I am. And their consumers are going, we don't like you like that or it doesn't work for us like that. Mm. And people are don't get stuck in it. Learn to roll and change. You go, okay, we used to be this, now we're this. Adapt with your customers. Learn yeah, to adapt. You need to evolve. Yes. I think and, that's what has, uh, yeah, I think that's yeah. what's happened. You know, we, we opened, we had a sort of a plan. Yes. We kind of see it sort of ebb and flow and then decided this is the best co course for us. And, yeah. Yeah. Okay, and yeah, we've yeah now, take that feedback. Yeah, yeah on a Saturday, we, done, yeah. we still want to be a, a, an adult venue, so we've applied a no under 25 policy on the weekends okay. because we don't want the kids coming in and, mm. and destroying it because... I do not want to draw with 22-year-olds. I don't even want to draw with 28-year-olds. But 
28 is still more mature than 22. Yes. So we're going 25 and we'll see how it goes. Okay. And also we close our doors at 10.30 on a Saturday. So we have parties on a Saturday. We have a DJ coming to play. There's background music. There's a vibe. People come, they eat, and then it becomes a dance floor. Mm. 10.30 we close our doors because we don't want to be a nightclub. So I don't want to charge a cover charge. I don't want people to just walk in and be able to uh, um, come and get pissed at midnight. Come before 10.30, stay in that transition from the dinner into the party mm. and have the, the benefit of no cover charge, great music, great vibe, and then bar closes at 1 o'clock. So we don't go – I don't want to go until 4 in the morning. I don't yeah. want to be one of those – no. Crazy nightclubs. And I mean, you guys are open six days a week, so. Yeah, we're open for yeah. breakfast on, su- on yes. Sunday. Sunday morning, so, 8 yeah. o'clock, my team come back after leaving at three in the morning from cleaning up. <laughs> yes, and, and cashing up, I suppose, yeah. right? Um, and then in terms of, uh, would you guys ever open in a mall? Or, I mean, would you open another, another wild side, do you think? Uh, yeah, well, we're currently sort of looking at things. I don't know if it would be another wild side as such but i mean it i mean it always depends on the venue and what, what it looks like and yeah. where yeah. you are scorpios scorpions tail yeah, yeah. yeah. scorpions tail <laughs> yeah it could be an interesting wine bar <laughs> yeah, we've had, yeah. we've yeah, had a few be. we've had a few offers from people coming to us about spaces and stuff we started looking we've got other concepts that we want to do um i feel like two years in the wild side has has developed into what it currently is and i think it'll mm-hmm. it'll go for some time in the space being managed correctly I think Sean's ability with food is amazing. Yes. He's got a really good palate yeah, um, and a absolutely. really good production. I want to, I think the next space we open, the thought process that we're putting into the universe is that the next space we open should be focused more on the food and less okay. on the tequila and, and give Sean a space to <laughs> like have. Like a fine dining almost? Or? Mm, yeah, I'm not like no. sort of the yeah, biggest tenders. I'd say just a bit more refined. Mm. Okay. Um, I, I've never been the, been the biggest sort of fine dining fan. Yeah, and it's, yeah. Um, it doesn't, I don't like fine dining. I think it's, you're okay. taking the same ingredients and making the smaller meal on a bigger yeah, plate yeah. and charging to us the I price. mean, I get it. It's beautiful. It's no value. Yeah. It's pretentious. Um, it's not us. We're not yeah. pretentious. Or a it, it would all just depend the on the world? concept. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, if it, like if it's a seafood place or a steakhouse or just something with small plates or something a bit more refined, a bit more creative. Mm. And wine and. We'll go, and yeah. Class. Okay. And again, something for the older, more mature market who is not looking to flash. Mm. So it's not the flash market, it's not the kids. It's at 30, 35, have jobs, kids, responsibilities, all that stuff. And they want to go out and feel comfortable. They want a space mm. that they feel comfortable in where they don't have to feel like they need to spend 120 rand on a show of tequila to fit in or be wearing Gucci. Absolutely. <laughs> so is that then also the reason why you haven't opened in a mall and that's why you didn't go for a mall vibe or it just happened – yeah, that, I mean, location was available. I think, I think it just depends what's available. We've, we have okay. recently sort of looked, um, but it's but you got to tie a lot of things in. It's 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 what it looks like, what the food needs to be. There's a lot of sort of discussions mm. that have to happen, and, and will it work? It. And you have to market it. So it's not just something you can decide overnight. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah, I've always liked the suburbs and sort of garden areas and venues and sort yes. of being outside, and that's why the wild side's great for us. Uh, but yeah, we'll look at other spaces, but um, okay. it's something we'll In just... The future. Yeah. yeah. I think for anyone who wants to, like malls have a huge amount of benefit in the sense that they have this foot traffic. Mm. So Rosebank at the moment, the, the zone? Yes. Yeah, the, and Oxford zone. Parks, I think. Oxford Parks is the other one that we, yeah. that we looked at, but the, but the actual Rosebank, they've got all those restaurants now that Fugazi and uh, Mama Samba yeah. and uh, yes, Chunky Charles. Cool yes. re- it's a really cool vibe. And that place is buzzing. So the rent that you pay to be in a space like that with all the costs, because landlords, shopping centers are expensive to be in, yeah. you have the benefits of continual moving traffic. You just got to keep your food offering, your restaurant offering up to scratch because 
some restaurants and shopping centers don't survive because there's so much option that if you're not good enough, people will just go mm. somewhere else. Shopping centers, but for us, I don't think shopping centers works. Work. It's not the yeah, style. It's never my first do, sort yes. of choice. Um, okay. But yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I guess you guys yeah. will then see. And the zebra that's on the wall. What's Priscilla. It? Priscilla. Priscilla. I was thinking, would you guys ever do like, I don't know, like a wild side t-shirt with Priscilla on it or something like that? <laughs> what about Pr- uh, Priscilla? Like a wild side t-shirt sounds cool. Yeah. I don't know about Priscilla. I don't, I don't know. We'll see. Someone will have to design it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd be quite cool. I don't know yeah. if I'm, I don't, yeah, I suppose. Like I've already thought of sort of merchandising. Know, yeah. merchandising. Yeah. Never. When you guys have your, have your big big events or something um, on the dance floor. We were thinking of getting like Maybe some cool Kieran. caps. Or, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that's another avenue, right? Yeah. Sure. Um, and are you guys hiring at the moment? So we've just interviewed. Mm. I interviewed. You know, it's funny because the, this industry, waiters specifically move where the money is. So the okay. busier your restaurant is, the more money they can possibly make. That's where they move. Uh, okay. Last, we've, we're now coming out of winter. We're not. It's freezing. But <laughs> we, we know that going into September, October, November, December, we're going to get really busy. And we currently need to add another four waiters to our waiter group okay. and runners. And we're actually building another bar at the moment because we, we are so busy that we're wow, struggling to. Wow, incredible. Yeah. So, yeah, we started yesterday. We're just building a small little bar outside that we can accommodate more people and serve okay. drinks faster. Because yes. people, you know, if you come to a place and it's so busy, the vibe's great. But if you can't get a drink, you're just like, oh, screw it, I'm mm. not going to go there. So, so we are employing people. We put out feeders last week. Uh, we had two interviews set up and 18 people arrived. So, okay, So sure. it's a thing about the industry talks. You know, yes, people talk, absolutely. people come. We interviewed... But also, out of those 18 people, we only employed three. So okay. it's difficult to find the quality of um, employee for front of us that will fit into our dynamic mm. because we're not a normal restaurant. We're mm. not, yeah, okay. very high standards. Yeah. Where can people find you on uh, on socials? And uh, where exactly is your restaurant? I mean, I know, but yeah, perhaps tell everybody so they can come yeah, and support so you. So we're in Craigall. Uh, I think there's Craigle Park. We're in Craig Hall, which is just the other side of Jan Smuts, 6 Burnside Avenue. Uh, it's near the Valley Center, which is at the bottom of Jan Smuts Avenue. Mm-hmm. But, the, but, but, the, but the physical address is 6 Burnside Avenue, Craig Hall. And I think we do we, we run all our stuff through Instagram, mm. which then bounces on to Facebook. Mm. Um, yeah. And is that handle the wild side? That, that so is, yeah. Instagram is the wild side, JHB. Because, okay. you know, when you start, you still want to have longevity. Uh, uh, um, you want to have a thought process about the future. So the Wild Side JHB, in case we right do the Wild Side Dubai. I mean, I don't know. Where yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so the Wild Side JHB um, okay. and Facebook as well. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for, for being on the show, guys. It's, Thank you. It's been very um, entertaining and interesting, and I'm sure that um, the listeners can learn a lot from you guys. And, yeah, please please go support them. They're um, an incredible team. Their food is so great. Um, but, yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Sha. Awesome. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you.